Hello, and you are listening to Season 2 of the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by the Batman Universe. Check out the BatmanUniverse.net for this and many other great Batman-related podcasts. And joining us for the season premiere of uh, our next year of Gotham is Stella from Batman Universe's Batgirl the Oracle. Stella, how, how are you feeling? How dare you assign my podcast to that website? Yes, I am here. <laughs> Who pays for your hosting? Um, no comment. <laughs> this guy. This guy. <laughs> And this guy is right here. And this guy is editor in chief of the Batman Universe, Dustin, who loved Gotham so much he wanted to watch it for another year. How are you doing, Dustin? I, I'm doing great, and you know I'm sure there's a lot of you know wonderful Gotham Chronicle fans who are sitting there dreading the fact that I'm here because my previous appearances I have done nothing but bash this show completely. So will it change with this season premiere? Oh and Donovan won't be joining us this week because he is busy um, delivering pizzas to people in need roofs. and people hung. Throwing them on roofs like yeah. Walter White. Um, so we uh, we haven't, you know, talked about Gotham on this podcast since, um, you know, everyone went crazy in the season finale. Fish fell off a roof. Uh, Barbara went after Lee with a knife. Um, how was everybody's summer Gotham-wise, you know, expectations for season two? How did you feel about the news coming out over the summer about the next season of Gotham and expectations going into the episode? Let's start with uh, Stella, because I'm sure Dustin's <laughs> going to have, like, a Hamlet-esque oh, soliloquy. Um, well, it's a monologue since he's with other people, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I had to say it to yeah. the Latin teacher. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it's sort of been at the back of my mind, um, just because, you know, you who have, who was on this show with me throughout the year and then listeners know that this wasn't my favorite hero show that we were watching. And there were certainly bright moments, but I'd say mostly, um, I was disappointed with, with what was going on. And so I think I was really anticipating at San Diego Comic-Con information on season two, to hopefully uh, boost my boost the morale, you know, of the Gotham Chronicle cast, and get me excited and maybe bring back some faith in what this second season would hold. And unfortunately, because they had only filmed maybe one or two episodes, very not a lot. The the actors were tight lipped just because they didn't even know what was going to happen with season two. So going into this first episode. It was just a lot of question marks over the summer, and I think really the only thing that I um, that I saw related to the season was that clip, which we see in this particular episode between Barbara Keene and <laughs> Joker. Um, I guess that clip, just out of context, was was dropped somewhere. And when I watched that, I mean, watching that completely out of context. For me, I was just like, oh my gosh, what is going on right now? This season is going to be a disaster. So that was my thinking going into this and just having really low expectations. And uh, I guess we'll, when, once we get into actually talking about the, the episode, I'll tell you now what my frame of mind is as I watch these episodes. 
Oh dear. And Dustin, same question. <laughs> okay, so the the after the season finale, you know, obviously the people behind the scenes at Gotham knew there were some issues with the season. You couldn't necessarily tell that by the ratings, and you couldn't necessarily tell that until you actually read some reviews online for the show. But uh, they, I, I heard that they had shifted some things around. They were bringing in some new writers. Uh, there was a new executive producer that was coming on board, and I was thinking to myself, well, hey, you know, you know, bringing on new people is not always a bad thing. It doesn't always work out for the best, but, you know, it could help the show, and it could end up being better than what we were getting the first season. And the thing is, there's obviously plenty of people who enjoy the show, and there's plenty of people who say you can't look at it. It's an actual Batman story. You have to look at it as it's like an Elseworlds version, and it's a completely different thing. And that's all fine, but at the same time, like Stella said, this isn't the best superhero show that's on the air. And as we found out, as as we got further into the summer, uh, we found out that Supergirl is actually going in the exact same time slot, uh, starting the beginning of or the end of October, beginning of November. Supergirl on CBS is going to be in the exact same time slot, which is produced by the same one of the same producers that's behind Arrow and Flash on CW and I just have to I'm just sitting here thinking to myself as they're announcing this well CBS is definitely not holding back on trying to you know create murder Gotham, yeah, <laughs> murder Gotham but also create real competition for Gotham by having Supergirl on at the same time because CBS has a bigger budget for their shows oh. compared to Fox um, normally um, so I mean that's one of the things I was thinking about but then I was thinking you know could this you know I I've enjoyed Arrow you know, there's people who said that you know Arrow has gotten this has been really dark. I've enjoyed Arrow from the very beginning. I really enjoy Flash. Great show. Some of the other DC shows I enjoyed Constantine much more than I ever expected to uh, when it was on last year before it got canceled. I Zombie, even though it's not DC, it's still Vertigo. That I enjoy that show as well. So I was really interested. You know, that Supergirl got announced, and I was thinking, thinking, you know, could we have this great group of shows? Maybe Gotham will have no choice but to kind of up their game, try to actually make themselves better. So I was glad to hear they were going to be making some changes uh, as the cast members started making the uh, con rounds and doing interviews and talking about different changes that were coming. I was kind of excited about some of the changes that I was hearing about the fact that, you know, they, they listened to what people said they really liked and they heard what people really didn't like and they were going to adjust the story arcs and... One of the things that they focused on was initially, and I kept hearing this, which I thought was kind of interesting. Initially, when the show got picked up by Fox, it was only supposed to have 13 episodes. We all knew that back when the show started. Then it it did really well the first couple of weeks, and, and almost immediately Fox said, we're ordering another seven episodes to make it 20. And then they rounded out the right after the holidays, they rounded out to a full 22 episode season. That all happened. And basically, during the course of all that happening, because they only had initially planned for 13 episodes, they had no actual direction of where they were actually going to go after uh, episode 13 
right away when they started, which is kind of interesting because I made a mention to this. You know, you have to have an idea of where you're going to end the season before you begin the season. And with Arrow and with Flash, you saw, you see that, you, you know, you, we, we saw that last season. We see that, we've seen that every season with Arrow. They have a definitive ending that they're getting to, and it's just getting to that point. And Gotham didn't feel like that. But it was interesting hearing some of the cast say, well, the original plan was we're only doing 13. Then they kind of threw us into another group of episodes. And then we came back after we we had to go on. We went on hiatus for like eight weeks. We came back for like two. Then we went on hiatus for another six weeks. And then we came back and rounded out the the season. I was really it, it was disrupting for the series itself. But it was also very disrupting for the story that they were trying to tell because it did feel disjointed. So hearing that that could have also been a reason behind it gave me hope that, well, they're getting probably a full season to begin with this season. So that shouldn't happen. So overall, everything that I was hearing was making me really get excited for the fact that it could be better. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to have a break because even though I enjoy the show, you know, just the almost weekly podcast schedule, you know, can be a little grueling. But um, in June, um, there was a convention in Orlando, which is a few hours from me in Tampa, called Walker's Con. And there was four cast members of Gotham there, um, Bruce Wayne, Alfred, Butch, and Penguin. And um, some of them were able to do interviews. Some of them weren't. One of them, um, which I say on the show, told me off the record, you know, that they uh, a lot of people who worked on the show – didn't like the, you know, whole uh, freak of the week nature, you know, uh, they called it body of the week or something privately to me. I don't remember what they said, but um, that like this season was going to be more, you know, uh, like seasonal arc, you know, like other shows do, which I think would work better for Gotham and that, um, you know, all of what their concerns were were the same thing of what our concerns were and that, you know, we'd be looking in another direction. And it got me excited. And then um, I think when I interviewed Davi, um, I asked him what his favorite episode was, and he said, "Does it have to be one that's already aired?" And he's, and then he said, "Does it have to be one that's already filmed?" And he says that like his favorite episodes were in the interviews on uh, TBU. It was published around June. Uh, the article he likes um, the one that um, the, he liked the season premiere, the one that we're about to talk about, and he really loved the script for whatever is going to air next week before he even filmed it. And because uh, when I spoke with them, they had just filmed the episode that we're about to talk about, and they were about to film the next one. And then a few weeks later, um, uh, Stella, Don, and I uh, got to see the cast at San Diego, and they were all very optimistic about the season. Um, Oddly enough, uh, the producer said that they still weren't sure if we're ever going to give Jim Gordon an apartment, to which uh, we needled them for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, he's the hero of the show. You know, he's he's still going to be a homeless cop. But um, I I liked what I was hearing. Now, granted, you know – these people have to sell the show, so no one's going to say, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's the same old, same old, it's not as good. Like, it's their job to hype it up, but I felt some genuineness from them. Now, when the clips started appearing, you know, it looked like it was the same old Gotham. I, I am amused that Barbara Keane is staying around in a villainous role because Gotham Chronicle kind of, you know, adopted uh, Barbara Keane last season as our, you know, punching bag mascot. So, you know, it, it just wouldn't be the same without her. Um, but with that, you know, uh, last night as we're recording this, you know, I keep on saying last night, I should say we're recording this the Tuesday after the episode aired. Um, last night, the episode Damned If You Do aired, and uh, I suppose it's a good time to talk about our thoughts about that, um, you know, our overall thoughts. And then, you know, we'll just, you know, break it down beat by beat. And usually when Dustin's around, you know, we uh, 
we we just kind of you know jump around a little bit so we could have you know a free form conversation about the episode. Does anyone have any points that they want to start with? Well, the the I mean the first thing I'd love to talk about is the uh, the time jump. I the and there's two things with this. So the beginning of the episode started with Bruce going down the stairs, you know, picking up exactly where we left off at the end of uh, season one. Him going down the stairs and then coming across that little the door that's blocked by the keypad. But then immediately it says one month later, and they jump in time to one month later. Thoughts on why they did that without, like, what was the reasoning they needed to do that? Because I didn't feel like it made any sense. There was all these things that kind of they had to make a mention to uh, Gordon had when he was talking to Penguin. Uh, you know, oh, you owe me, and wait, no, you owe me, or I owe you, and all of this. And then, like, we have the whole. <laughs> I thing rolled with- my eyes at that scene. I was like, oh my god, we're going through this again. <laughs> yeah, and then we had we had Loeb kind of going after Gordon. But I thought Gordon had Loeb by, you know, by his coattails last season. So, I mean, there was a lot of different things that didn't make a lot of sense. And I think a lot of it was caused because of this weird time jump. So let's talk about that time jump. That time jump. um, Well, first of all, when, when like Bruce comes downstairs and there's a door, I thought that that was complete garbage because we spent like three weeks last season, like with promos of Uh, we're opening the Batcave. Oh, well, not just well, not just that. It was how long did he spend searching through just for the remote that was hidden so well to make the fireplace move? (laughs) It's like a video game where like you unlock the door and then you need to get another key. But so I thought I thought that was garbage. But then like you know. the time jump confused me because I like the montage, actually, because, you know, it, it's a nice way to get reacquainted with the characters. They did something similar um, last season, too, after the midseason finale. But it confused me because without context, I was like, why is Gordon in a uniform? Because the pilot established that, like, you know, he doesn't have to wear the police uniform anymore. And we got that answer a few scenes later. And then it's like, why is uh, Bullock tending bar? Bullock don't own a bar. Does Bullock own a bar now? Like, I'm asking myself these questions, which, again, the show eventually answered. And Barbara Keene checking into Arkham like she was about to fly the Malibu. She's got, like, a butler carrying her lug. Why does she need luggage? And, like, why is <laughs> oh, she walking man. in there? Just, that made like, no sense. <laughs> yeah, like. She was walking in like she was checking yeah. in at the hotel. <laughs> right. You, that doesn't happen. That was. <laughs> um, but that's my. I mean. I like time. I think that it's good to have time skips between seasons of shows, you know, like uh, Smallville did it. It was always like a summer or something usually. And, you know, like others, you know, arcs, seasonal arc shows like Dexter that I watched did it. Um, oh, uh, what's another one that Shameless I Shameless on Showtime, I watched that. They always do a time jump of, you know, a couple months in between well. each season. Yeah. yeah, Walking Dead has to because, like, you know, Chandler Riggs is uh, not going to stop growing anytime soon. So, what would have been you, Stella? I, I, too, I, I don't like time jumps if there seems to be, uh, if they're really skipping some major important information. Um, especially since, yeah, we left with, you know, the, the cave. So, you can assume that they tried to get into that vault for a whole month before Bruce finally decided to to uh, use some fertilizer to create a bomb and blow it up. So that's interesting that they were down there for a whole month trying to figure out what to do. But um, I, I did want, yeah, because it's such a change from the end of what you were 
um, what we saw at the end of the last season to now Gordon is just a beat cop. You have Bullock uh, giving up drinking while at the same time being a bartender. But He's got a girlfriend. Do you think it's the pool girl from Scarecrow? It does well. He uh, he said that she actually likes him or something like that. Like she actually or she she tolerates him or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, And then you see Lee and and Jim having a good relationship. So even though I don't really like time skips as much, unless it's really necessary and we have to do it, I think this one worked out okay because really, what would they have been doing with that month? I think it would have just been very dry, you know, watching the downfall of these people or getting used to their jobs, you know, how Bullock starts uh, to make tequilas and, and things like that. So, and like you said, Josh, you know, the questions are gradually answered, but I think, you know, like Dustin pointed out, some things didn't exactly make sense because the Loeb situation, oh, man. when, um, when, uh, Jim pulls a bane and says, I will break, you, <laughs> um, he, <laughs> it's very true but yeah the break you uh but it seemed like jim even though he had threatened him it seemed like he was in a position of safety to a certain extent or a, a position of fear so it was weird that it was very much switched so i i was okay with the one month because i think they actually did a good job of answering lots of questions that we right and i'm not saying that there, there wasn't that they didn't answer the questions they actually did do a good job of answering the mm-hmm. questions it was just so weird that yeah they actually took the time to show a time jump but then answer all of the questions you would have asked. Oh, yeah. It just sound, seemed like it was out of place. But uh, the, the one thing that is, yeah. you know, I agree to, you know, to an extent, we don't need to see Bullock, you know, go get a job as a bartender and learn how to pour drinks and we don't need to see, you know, uh, Gordon go switch in his uniform for the third time in the, of the series. I, I see that we don't have to do that but at the same time, it's just, it just comes across as I don't know. Unnecessary. The one thing it, it was a little distracting because you had to have time to like set up these questions and answers. Well, and the exactly. But then the other thing that really didn't make any sense was because they focused on that one scene with Bruce at the beginning. The next time they showed Bruce, which was a month later, he was and this made no sense to me. Gordon's coming in and, you know, they're hurrying up, making sure that Gordon can't see what they're doing. And, the, and Gordon says, oh, you guys look dirty. What have you been doing? And he's like, oh, nothing. And then Gordon leaves, and they go back. He goes back downstairs, and he starts messing with the keypad again. Which you would assume, okay, for the last month he has been doing absolutely nothing except for trying codes. But suddenly, after he never tried his name in that month. Yeah, exactly, he never tried his name. He never. But, but then the best part was he he waited a month and then just decided, screw this, I'm just going to hammer it, and then I'm going to go build a bomb. Like I don't know. Like it just seems like at some point you could have asked somebody who could do anything with electronics, hey, Lucius, you think you have some sort of machine that could break into a keypad? Or, you know, it's some, I mean, like something. It just seemed like that time jump made no sense because how, why would he have let a month go by and just done the same thing over and over and over again? And then just randomly again frustrated. And the other thing that doesn't make any sense is how does he get dirty just from walking downstairs? Because that happened like twice in the episode when they're, meeting Gordon, they're all, both of them are dirty and look rust. They've been working on something, but all they're doing is walking to the bottom of stairs, standing in front of a door and pushing a keypad. Well, Alfred hasn't been I there guess. to dust. I, I guess. But maybe the, 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 like, you know, um, 
<laughs> yeah, I got nothing. It was going to be like the soot or something yeah. from like, you know, they, being in the cave. It gets on your face. Later in well, the actually, episode. yeah. Well, when, when miners are working in caves, don't their faces get dirty from like the He's air? not working in a cave. That's like when they're actually mining stuff <laughs> okay. and the dust gets on them. But, but then later on in the, the show, when uh, they actually set the bomb off and the bomb goes off and the door opens, they walk in and they went from being clean Sitting in the den, and there's another door being completely covered in junk and and dirt all over when they walk through and you know to see the office. You both um, mentioned something about Loeb, and and, and I, I want to bring this up. Um, do you all remember the episode? And uh, you must remember it, where like you know we find out that Loeb has this like secret daughter, yes. you know, who like killed the wife. And, you know, Gordon and Bullock and Penguin, like, all met her. And she's like, oh, you're a bird. I want to break your bones, Penguin. So you remember that, Dustin? Yes, I do. You remember that, Stella? Yeah. Okay, you know who doesn't remember it? <laughs> Gordon or Penguin. Because, right. <laughs> like, Gordon's like, you know, at one point he's like, I have one more thing I could try on low. When he's, like, talking to Lee. And I'm thinking, oh, yes, the, se- the, the secret daughter. You could play the secret daughter card. But, nope, he goes, oh, yeah. he goes to Penguin for help. Even though he, like, learned his lesson, like, last season about doing that. And then when Penguin and Zaz are, like, you know, messing with Loeb's head, Penguin's like, you know, oh, I looked you up. You have a clean background. We have nothing on you. We have nothing we could hold against you. I'm like, what are you talking about, Penguin? You were at that house, too. The whole point of that episode is that you were looking for dirt on Loeb. And then, like, at the end of the episode, Gordon's like, oh, no, I can't make you resign because you'll just be replaced by somebody corruptible. But I could control you with this information. So, like... Why is that never mentioned again? And this is like, you know, just like last season where, like, everyone forgot the Penguin wasn't a dishwasher. And, like, there's, like, three episodes Bullock finds out that Gordon and Lee are dating, you know, like, and we don't have proof. (laughs) Say what? No, I just laughed. Oh, yeah. I edited a video of that together. I need to put it on the website eventually. There's, like, three episodes in a row where Bullock's like, you in the dock, eh? But th- that bothered it's, me that, like... But we, talked, we talked about that last year. It has to do with the fact that there's, there was different writers writing different episodes, and that's why the stuff felt disjointed, was they didn't they were probably simultaneously writing episodes, thinking they have to react to whatever the last episode was that they worked on, not realizing, hey, this other group of writers is in the next room writing an episode two. Which one will be first, ours or theirs? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, um, I mean, and I could see if Gordon would have said, no, no, I can't use the daughter against him because she's an innocent person, you know, but I'm bothered by him going to Penguin again because we had a whole episode last season where, like, I don't even remember what went to Penguin about. It was like, but, like, Penguin wound up torturing, it was about Flash, that's what it was, and then, like, Penguin, like, tortured another guy's family, and then the guy, like, begs Gordon, you know, please have him leave my family alone, and Gordon has a what-have-I-done look on his face, and then, like... We do the same thing again. And he's like, you know, promise me nobody will get hurt. And then they're arguing over who owes who a favor. And I'm like, uh, okay, you know, <laughs> back to this. Is anybody else slightly concerned about the fact that he was like, promise me nobody's going to get hurt. And then he was the one who actually hurt somebody. Well, that and Zaz like cut off the head of like, well, yeah, well, there's, that, that, happens, <laughs> that happens too. But I just thought it was weird how Gordon, all it took was Gordon down in a, uh, a bunch of glasses of whiskey at the bar with Bullock to, and then going to talk to Bruce Wayne and having Bruce Wayne give him a pep talk to decide, yes, you know what, I am going to go do this for Penguin, but somehow it's going to end up with me shooting and killing this other guy. 
Did you notice, by the way, that that chase scene was, um, it mirrored the chase scene from the pilot with Mario Pepper. Like, it has the same shot of, like, Gordon's face. They, like, run through the kitchen. There's that, like, parkour Like It's just like the chase in the first episode. Like, some of the shots and angles. Well, that is a good catch. Yeah. I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't see that, but... I thought it was a little strange how there were there were two particular moments where the camera was right on Jim, like almost like he was running with the camera in front of him. Yeah, do you know? What yeah, I thought that was a little strange. because they did that in the pilot, and I remember thinking this is like Casino Royale, and like that's what like yeah. made me remember that. Um, yeah, and I guess like the whole murder of like you know like Jim basically did a, a like a mob hit. And, and, of course, he's, like, wearing all black when he does it, which is, like, I guess the producer's way of showing that, like, Jim is dipping closer into the dark side because he's wearing black. That's what, like, like, like when TV shows want to be deep about a character's development, they'll have them dress in darker clothes. Like, my mom, like, called me last year. She's like, did you notice that since Olivia Pope got kidnapped on Scandal, she's not been wearing white anymore? She's been wearing gray and black. So now they're doing that with Gordon. <laughs> Uh, any any thoughts on the whole like Gordon mob hit penguin you know thing? Yeah, I mean, I kind of said what I thought as far as you know. I, it doesn't make a lot of sense as to why all of a sudden he went from he doesn't want to have anything to do with being involved in the mob stuff with penguin to having no problem shooting this guy a couple times in the chest. And given yes, the guy the other guy did shoot at him first, so I guess you could claim that it was self defense to a degree, but. It also doesn't make any sense as to why, of all the people that would have chased him down, it would have been the head guy who Penguin had a problem with. It just seemed a little too convenient. It could have just been anybody, and he could have made away with the money. And also, if they didn't kill that guy, it could have presented a, a conflict later in the season where this guy is you know, sitting back knowing that Gordon is possibly corrupt and, use, and, and someone could use that against him. You know, th- that's something that they could have done, but instead they just had him kill him, which to me makes even less sense. But we kind of had a whole, you know, guys know that Gordon is corrupt thing going on last season with him, like letting Penguin live. And then Maroney, like, kidnaps him and says, is your story true or the Penguin go on the slicer? So it it, it would be too similar thematically, but uh I think, uh, you know, this season, the, the whole tagline is Rise of the Villains. And so I think, you know, instead of this Freak of the Week, that, you know, similarity uh, to Smallville there, that we're going to have the same people, but we're going to see their progression throughout the season. And I think interspaced um, with with new villains like Zordon. That was it. Yeah, it it wasn't Zordon, but it sounded just like Zordon. So, like, I kept on thinking Zordon throughout the episode. Yeah, so I, I think that'll happen. So my point is that I think along with these villains, you're going to see characters that you feel are naturally good also doing shady things. And I think we saw that with Jim here, where the ends for him justify the means. So if his end point is to get back to GCPD so that he can sort of, in order to get back, he's he has to do some sketchy things. And so while I think it makes for an interesting tale because you're seeing this Gordon that I feel like maybe we saw a little bit in, you know, Batman Year One um, by Miller because in the beginning uh, Batman couldn't really trust him because you don't know what side he's on. Um, I, I do – I am slightly sad that, that Gordon can't be this uh, this fresh, um, wholesome 
a holy moral character, and we're not going to see that. So I'm a little bit bummed about that. But I honestly think that he it's going to get worse for him before it gets better, and that he's going to continue to do um, things that that are not good. I mean, he even said to Lee, "I did a bad thing," and I think that's going to continue in order to get to his ultimate goal of cleaning up Gotham. So I think it's going to be a, a big uh, season for him just from the look of this this first you know, The one thing that was interesting to me was that when when he, he made a comment about, you know, sometimes you have to bend the law in order to, yeah. to get the right thing done. And to me, that makes sense. But I actually felt like the, what he was saying was almost as if he was kind of channeling what will eventually happen in his future when he has to bend the law and work with a vigilante because that's the only way things will get done in a good way. But then he he went the completely opposite direction with that and decided to go, I guess, murder somebody or kill somebody. <laughs> um, but I, it, I, it's just interesting. I think that the definition of murder is like when you – isn't like murder premeditated? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, okay. so like that was more of like a defensive reflex maybe. <clears throat> Homicide, yeah, right, but it's, and it's, it does mirror last season. Once once they find out he's he was drunk, it would be manslaughter. But <laughs> it also mirrors last season because, like last season, it was that he didn't do the bad thing. You know, he didn't kill Penguin. Yeah. That was the secret. And now this season, he did do the bad thing and he yeah, did kill the guy. Yeah. Um, one thing that also mirrors last season, and I I think this, I'm hoping this is unintentional, and I think it is, is um. I'm kind of disappointed with um, what Lee's role was in this episode because look at Barbara Keen, the first like four or five episodes of last season and take out the Renee Montoya stuff. And it was just her like taking martinis and like being like, oh, Jim, you know, I'm so worried about you. Let's take a vacation, you know, and not worry about cop stuff. And like that's exactly what Lee's role was this episode. Like she wasn't the medical examiner. She wasn't like helping him with the Scooby-Doo mysteries like she was, you know, last year. She, you know – was basically like you know five episodes Barbara Keene minus the lesbianism, mm-hmm. pretty much. Oh, 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 okay. I understand what you're saying. That there's a role reversal. Yeah, and it's funny because you were talking about, you know, are we going to watch, you know, this time skip? Are we are we really interested in watching Jim uh, get dressed each day for those months? And I'm thinking to myself, well, he may know how to dress himself but apparently he doesn't know how to tie a tie properly because lee that's like the first thing you see is lee um <laughs> tying his tie and yeah i think this season if if i were to guess you know I, I feel like you know this episode i may play a guessing game since it is a season premiere and i know Dustin also likes to see um how is this going to end at the end of the season i feel like she's going to be a damsel in distress for for most of the season because you have, you know, you have that moment where Barbara calls Jim on the cell phone and then she calls Lee's house, which I don't know how she has that phone number, but she does. Um, of course, it could be because she was in counseling. This is, this is killing joke all over again. You're like, how do these people get this information? Well, yeah, but well, hold on now. She's in a prison. Yeah, she got a phone, but did she really get a phone book? But I think because they were in counseling, she was in count and Lee's counsel that maybe she had. Which some, doesn't make some stuff, but, but the, the, there's a problem with that. And uh, Lee was counseling her in Barbara's apartment, not Lee's apartment. Uh, but the other thing about the the Lee thing is, I agree with you completely. <laughs> I feel like Lee is going to be the damsel in distress, and that's that's going to be her main role, which is 
not that great for the character because I thought that character was one of the better characters from last season and brought some life to some of the down-in-the-dumps episodes mid-season when they introduced her. Some, you know, She was kind of like a bright point for some of them, and now it's just kind of they're just dumbing her character back down because they don't really have anything to do with her. You know, they don't have anything to do with her. So it's it's weird to a degree that they're they're choosing to do this. There's also a ridiculous amount of foreshadowing about the the fact that she's gonna be a damsel in distress because as soon as they as soon as they find out that Barbara's escaped, uh Lee's right there and when when Jim finds out that Barbara was amongst the people who escaped, you know, she says, Let's get out of here, let's go on vacation, let's leave all this behind and then what happens in this horrible thing that literally I think it was the same scene, they get the phone calls from Barbara. So, or maybe it was later in the show, but just they get the, Lee says, "Let's go away," and they get the Barbara phone call, and um, yeah. and they find out that Barbara escaped at uh, the press conference yeah. where Loeb leaves. Do you think? Um, I mean, did she quit her job? Should she not still be working at GCP? I guess there's just not a lot of dead bodies right now. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> there, there, there's a new one now. Thanks to thank, thanks to Jim. <laughs> Uh, but that's a bummer, you know, because she was a strong, she was a strong female character that I think um, juxtaposed against Barbara. It was written horribly. Uh, it was interesting. First yes, yeah, but but it was also interesting to see Barbara's downward spiral, spiral at the end, and then how Lee was. Oh, what a um, spiral that of, was! You know, I know, contrasting to that, and now you're absolutely right. It's uh, unfortunate. I feel like. There aren't many good roles for for women on this particular show. I think Sarah Essen may be the one character that hasn't her her character hasn't really been slandered. Um, though we did debate last season, you know, about sort of her level of dirtiness, or you know, is she just playing the game? But now we we've gone from an effective female character in Lee to one that is. I think she's just going to be playing the damsel in distress the entire season. And, you know, which is a bummer. Yeah, um, and it's it's only the season premiere, so it's hard to say what you know Lee's yeah. role will be the season. Oh, yeah. But I uh-huh. was disappointed that like you know after everything she did last year, including that like you know great intense fight with Barbara, you know like one of the best, yeah. one of my favorite parts of the season. Truth be told, um, oh, also yeah. hilarious too. But like you know, she's just like you know making you know martinis and like saying, "Oh Jim, let's get out of here," you know, and okay. um. And it's also weird for me because, like, you know, in the comics, Essen and, you know, get married. And uh, at one point in the 90s, Sarah was commissioner or not. But, like, it's weird that, like, you know, Jim is with Lee and then, you know, Essen cover the talk to them. And I'm like, wait, yeah, you two are the ones that are supposed to be together. This is kind of weird. Yeah. But I'm – Do you think – Oh, go ahead. I just have a quick question for you. Do you think that she's going to be sort of the moral compass for Jim since she was the one trying to Well, she is. She's not doing a job. Uh, oh, well. Who, who are you asking the moral compass, Essen or Lee? Oh, is Lee, do you think she's going to try to be or will be the moral compass for Jim? I'm kind of afraid it's just going to be, you know, like the beginning of last season where, you know, Jim would be like, I can't tell Barbara that I let Penguin live and now the mob has something on me. And like Barbara being like, Jim, what's wrong? Why won't you talk to me? You know, like, can't you let me in on, you know, what's bothering you? Like, I'm afraid that it's going to be like that with Lee. I don't know if if Jim needs a moral. I I mean, maybe he does now, but I feel like, you know, maybe that's more like Bruce. Although not this episode, like Bruce, I feel like Bruce was having a bad day. and He kind of took it out on Jim. 
And, like, he would have given Jim different advice, like, had things, you know, had, had he come, like, an episode earlier or something. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, the, like, second or third time that, like, Jim's like, I know I said I'd find your parents' killer, but I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, they do that little... Tr- I think yeah, one of the other things we should talk about, though, is the, the villains that they all dealt with in this episode. Black Mask? Yeah. Who's now dead. Yeah, Black Mask. They they brought a lot of the characters from last season. Well, wasn't his name Richard? Richard Sionis. And isn't Black Mask actually Roman Sionis? Yeah, yeah was, I, I figured it was just there. Oh, go ahead, Stella. He's basically the Richard Sionis is is basically the Black Mask of this time. He wore the Black Mask. They never called him Black Mask, so there's that. But he did wear a black mask, and his name was Sionis. Richard, yes. Um, but they had him. They introduced a couple of these new characters, a rapist, a murderer. Um, and then they had Jerome back, and then Barbara's yeah. thrown in with the group. Um, but I want to talk about Barbara and Jerome specifically because uh, when it comes to Barbara, I thought there was a little bit more. Uh, for whatever reason, it felt like they focused on her a lot more than they did ever, ever before. It's probably more focus. Because they have a direction episode. for her now. Yeah, exactly. But they felt they felt like they po- they focused on her more in this episode than they did the first half of the entire first season. Um, because, yeah, like you said, they have a direction for. Her. But then Jerome gets brought in. So uh, Barbara, talking about Barbara first, I thought it was interesting to see the fact that they actually do have a direction for her. Um, I'm still thinking there's probably more focus on there needs to be. I get that they're going to be running with this group of villains thing for a while. Um, Clearly that's going to be a story arc going forward, probably for the first half of the season or whatever. But it seems like Barbara of all people is probably not the person I would be wanting to align myself with. Not because of anything other than she just killed her parents because she was brainwashed by a, a serial killer. To me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense as to, of all the villains that you have in Gotham, or all of the, not villains, but just bad people in Gotham, you're going to pick Barbara, and you're going to pick Jerome, who's just this kid who killed one person. Yeah, it, it was also weird for me that, like, last season in Arkham, I don't remember exactly how they were dressed, but, like, they were dressed more traditionally asylum-like, and here they're they're dressed like Eagle Boys, you know, like... Nobody wears jail outfits like that since like the nineteen you know twenties or something. Right. Like, well, then it all goes back to what time actually, and they use cell phones. But then it's for some reason Barbara is able to get a phone, but it is a corded telephone that is a rotary phone. Sionis can get her. Bragging about, I can get you a phone. <laughs> well, like, but 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 even with that, like last season, they weren't dressing like that in Arkham. It's like they've got any changes. It also makes any sense as to why they would allow them to wear whatever they want. As far as like go to a jail, they wear jumpsuits, an orange jumpsuit or whatever. Sometimes they'll have a t-shirt on underneath or an undershirt, and they'll let them, you know, take down the top part of the jumpsuit or whatever. But Barbara is really wearing a dress yeah. that's made out of the, you know, black and white striped material. It, it, like, I'm just like sitting here thinking to myself, and then the, when she walked into the room with the other females, the other females were in the jumpsuits just like everybody else. I'm sitting here thinking, so she's somehow special because she has a dress made out of this prison garb. Huh. 
Don sent uh, our dearly departed friend Don, who couldn't join us oh today. Yeah, he sent me a text saying that like the prison reminded him of like high school lunchroom, the like way that it all worked out. Yep. Especially when like Zordon comes in and he like makes a spectacle of himself, and everyone looks at him. <laughs> then they turn back and like continue their conversation, like he's not there. Like I felt like I was watching, you know, like Everwood or One Tree Hill or something. <laughs> oh my gosh, Everwood! <laughs> Ever, my sister used to love Everwood. Yeah. Well, was that the one with um, uh, the dad and he's like Ephraim. a doctor or something? Ephraim, yep. Ephraim. Yeah. yeah. And he like dates yeah. the babysitter and like the Madison or whatever. That was yeah. uh, Chris then, Pratt um, before he was popular. Yeah. And uh, Agent 13, Sharon Carter. That's a Marvel reference for you, Dustin. <laughs> it was uh, the girl that Ephraim went after all the time. Chris Pratt was Star-Lord. There you go. There's another movie. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Look at you. You're coming to the dark side. Um, about Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the first little snapshot of this season I saw was the whole Jerome and Barbara scene. And you do sort of have to wonder, uh, is that just the normal outfit that these, uh, these prisoners will get if they're a female? Or did she do this? And if she did it, how did she get scissors <laughs> to do it? Um, she can get scissors, scene, but she can't get a telephone. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, like walking in like Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis with her big her big sunglasses and everything, like she owns the place. It's very it also means that it was a month from like, you know, Lee bashing her skull into her, like going yeah, the Arkham. Yeah, so where was she in, in like a The hospital. <laughs> I guess. Well, yeah. it's like she had, she, she. it was almost as if she like. She gave herself up. That's why she walked in there dressed the way she was. She walked in there with a the chest. It was like she was turning herself in on her free, you know, under her own accord. And that's why she showed up like that. But it, like you, that happened the month after the fact. And then all of a sudden, the next day, she's walking around in the prison dress. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, you know, um, I, I agree with Dustin. You don't really know what this character has to bring with her in this little troop of villains. Um, could it be just right place at the right time, you know, that, that Zordon was belching up the gas and, and she was in How there. did the gas get, get them out of the jail? Because that just knocked them out. They're still in jail. Well, the well, they had to Yeah, the tigress chick that she blew open the thing, shot up the guards, and then, right. and then tied them up to those boards that they wheeled them out on. Yeah. Um, I... Pff- yeah, so who knows what she's adding besides sex appeal, which was the only reason I think Richard decided Maybe to she's going to be the James around. Jr. of the show, which is like, funny because she's James she's Jr.'s mother. But, like, in the comics, you know, here. like, she's doing the role that James Jr. does. But, you know, I have to say that for once, um, she's not really annoyed. Because I think, you know, we were all sort of groaning and slapping our faces with all the stuff she was doing. But even when Jerome is telling her... You know, you need a friend. She gets her own friend in her own ways, and she may have done some sort of sexual service for oh, no. uh, Richard because, well, it was assumed, right? Because he stroked her arm saying, you know, about the payment for the telephone. So she, I think she's strong in her evilness for whatever reason, but I feel like now her character is way more interesting than it was in the previous season but as a comic fan so you know at the end i'll probably talk about my perspective you know how i'm going on this as a comic fan i'd be like what is going on this is terrible but now just sort of like yep this is how it's going to be so 
go Barbara because you're actually a character. I've enjoyed her a lot more since like they made her a psycho and embrace that direction because we were like mm-hmm. joking all last season that she was a psycho and then like it it was weird that like they actually did it and like we weren't making this up in our heads. Um, yeah. And I, I wasn't even sure if she killed her parents or she was just like delusional, like by what she told yeah. Lee. And like the producers had to like you know expand upon that on Twitter. Um, it's <laughs> it's just weird going forward. And I mean, I, I don't imagine what kind of favor she could have done to him in the prison because they were being watched. Although it's Gotham, so who knows? But I think that yeah. just like the promise of a favor was enough to get signed. You know, in prison, like stroking mm-hmm. an arm is enough to like get a rotary phone if she would have stroked his arm twice maybe she would have had like you know a cordless yeah. phone and you know or... do you like her better this season so far than last season do you find her more interesting um my favorite barbara moment is her going like psycho holding the knife running after lee growling so like yeah. i don't like That's her better nice. yet but um okay. I, i'm interested in what villainous barb and it's interesting because she kind of has that whole sp- like split thing going on where like you know she calls jim and she's like you know in tears and crying and then like you know that leaves that message for lee you know like yeah a minute later so i'm wondering what they can do with this and then you know that whole time skip thing too it's um there's also sentencing you know and stuff like that like you know our our judicial system is really slow so she probably had Mm -hmm. to be in a hospital for a while you know because lee like Lee almost killed her, you know, self-defense, but Lee almost killed her. So this is probably like the day that she was like fit to be like released into Arkham uh, because she probably had to be hooked up to a feeding tube. Probably couldn't use her mouth. Maybe when Lee bashed her skull and it made her more psycho, it activated the murderer part of her brain. You're you're doing a lot of assuming here. We never even saw what happened to her after she got bashed in the face. Well, but you would have to imagine that like, you know, she didn't get up and like walk out of there. That's like, true. she probably would have had to go to I mean, did you see that scene? Like, <laughs> you know, I know, I, and I did see the scene, but they never showed her face, which t- that's another I want to bring up is, you know, they, that happened at the end of the season. We had her parents killed. There was all this stuff at the end of the season, all this violent stuff that, that really wasn't part of the first part of last season. And uh, this episode starts, and there was a ridiculous amount of uh, – it, it got a lot – I shouldn't say a ridiculous amount because it, it doesn't necessarily bother me, but it feels like there was a little bit, they were pushing the envelope a little bit more. The, the, the blood squirting all over the place when they, whenever somebody oh, yeah. got killed, um, somebody gets shot, blood everywhere from the people getting shot. The fact that somebody's head was just hanging. I and mean, Zaz was using him as a little dummy. Yeah. I, I mean, like I was just sitting here thinking like, <laughs> what happened? I mean, like, don't get me wrong. If that's the direction to go, fine. But at the same time, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I remember last season, the first part of the season, having these ridiculous villains. You know, one of the villains, uh, Balloon Man, or the guy <laughs> who's basically Good times. the waiter who was involved with the Viper drug. You know, we had these different things happening that was just, like, so, like, Really, this is what they they ch- they chose to work with. Out of all the material they have, this is what they chose to work with. And then this season, they start off with just like going, you know, balls to the wall with the 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 amounts of violence that they're doing, and having no problem showcasing whatever the heck they're doing. I mean, there was blood squirting from uh, the 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 killing scene of Richard Sionis. Blood was spurting over everyone. 
And I'm just sitting here thinking, well, this is the same network that has that show screens or whatever it's called, yeah. where they're, the advertisements literally have them covered in blood. And by the way, was there anyone that thought that, like, Richard Sionis was going to leave that room alive? Like, how many times in a TV show does, like, a villain say, I need you all, and if you don't want to join me, you're free to go? And then the person's yeah. being like, okay. And what happened here. in James Bond? It happened in um, um, Dark Knight, was it? Um, oh, yeah, with Joker. And, um, and then Batman 89 with, uh, oh, it'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. Oh, when, 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 when he like the guy turns in the Beetlejuice, <laughs> um, but uh, let's talk about these new villains too. Because like it, I forget the guy's name, but like it literally reminded me of Max Shrek from um, Batman Returns. The way that he's introduced at the press conference. Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, Theo Galavan. Yeah, yeah, and his uh, is that was that uh-huh. his sister, the Tigress? Yeah. Well, they didn't say That's her name right. was Tigress, okay. but yeah, her name's Tabitha. But yeah, she's the sister. Uh, he made a point to say that he was adopted, um, and that okay. uh, we would assume is also an adopted sister or, or the actual, you know, daughter. We're going to go through this again. <laughs> but uh, but the thing is, like, he's you know, I we don't know anything really about him. They're they're playing him off as like you said, as like a Max Shrek kind of character where he's a philanthropist. He, they've put the Chamber of Commerce has put him in charge of uh, new development for Gotham City, and you know he's. He's such a scientist, and he's an inventor, and he's this great guy, and blah, blah, blah. But meanwhile, he's while that press conference is happening, his sister is breaking out all these people out of Arkham so that he can use them for whatever he wants. Which, okay, fine. You know, I don't really know enough about the character to begin with. You know, you know the initial appearance of the character, I'm just kind of like, eh, we'll see what happens. But I don't really care that much about him. Uh these the uh, there's a lot of other villains that they'll eventually focus on. Amidala was also one of the villains out of the the six that they took out of Arkham, oh. uh, which was also the same character that uh, Barbara made her friend um, because they made a point to show who that was later on in the episode. But then there was the um, but going back to Jerome. The weird thing about Jerome is, and this is probably more for the promotional stuff that they keep using, every time I see Jerome and then doing things with Jerome in, in the previews or the, you know, the trailers for the season or whatever it is, it just feels like they told him, we want Heath Ledger Joker. Do Heath Ledger uh. Joker. Because they even have him written in scenes where it's like he's dressed up as a cop. Um, that's basically, that's Heath Ledger Joker. You know, they have him talking into a little handheld camera. That's Heath Ledger Joker. Uh, you know, when he was talking to Barbara in this episode, when he was saying some of the stuff that he said, it, like he was channeling Heath Ledger, be, and not in necessarily a good way, and like, uh, I just was told to do this, and that's what I'm doing. Not really digging, mostly because I feel like, like this is one ginormous red herring where they just want everyone to think it's the, but it's not the Joker. This guy's, the gonna, Joker. this guy's gonna end up getting killed at some point, and then everyone's gonna be like, "Fooled ya!" Yeah, um, he did felt very shoehorned in, especially at like, and um, at San Diego, they even like did this like surprise reveal of him at like the Gotham panel where everyone's in line asking the Q and A questions, and then he like kind of like photobombed like that and got like carried away not carried away by the cops i think he ran away uh what was it no no security no No, no, he was dragged away dragged away because gordon called for security and said jerome i'm gonna get you 
and then security like dragged him away from the microphone. Yeah, that was so it's but I mean, I don't feel like he added anything to this episode. Like, you know, all the scenes that he had with Barbara could have been like, you know, feels like he's just a henchman for Barbara. Right. Yeah. Um, Like there wasn't a moment of his where I was like, oh, that, you know, that 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 was funny or that was nice or I thought he gave an okay. I mean, I did not like his episode last season, the circus thing, because it was a ridiculously written episode. But, you know, when he did the switch in the interrogation room, like the acting and the performance was good. Um, I didn't I didn't get like that same acting or performance from him this time. Like if you have the Joker, you can't, you know, overdose on him. He needs to be like someone who surprises you, like, you know, keeps you guessing and, you know, on your toes and. I, I didn't get no, that. I don't think that's this character at all. Right. It, I liked um, the next week, you know, better when we had like the Red Hood gang and like the guy who like could have been a Joker, but then he died. Like, I, I thought he was a more interesting candidate. Remember, like the the first yeah. Red Hood, the Red Hood yeah. gang episode, I thought was much better than a lot of the other ones too. <laughs> we didn't have him like unleashing a snake to find a dead body. Um, uh, other bad guys, uh, Catwoman's back. And not really yeah. doing anything. For two seconds. And she didn't even leave that meeting. She like sitting there like a okay. Um, and it's interesting too because she was one of the people who like had Penguin captured and was like you know going to help Fish kill him, and now she's working for Penguin. Um, but well, I mean, you know, like everybody is working for Penguin now. Or dying. Well, that's true too. The weird part about the Penguin meeting. This is a real quick thing. When they were showing the table. When he was like, and when they initially show him, he's standing at the foot of the head of the table, and he kisses that guy in the head. He has him shot in the head. When they showed the other people sitting at that table, how is it that the entire time, or you know, the the mob world of Gotham went from the mob, you know, the mob gangster type people to people wearing weird costumes? There was like a couple of they look, looked like there was an Asian gang, but they were wearing like glitter shirts. There was uh, another gang that had like blue spray paint across their eyes it's casual friday i guess and i'm just like okay they literally like penguin taking over means all the freaks are coming out now and butch is back too and he had no lines Uh (laughs) i think he had one line he did yeah he talked about that the guy owed him twenty five thousand dollars yeah but um it, it was interesting to me and again it's only the first episode so it's too early to tell if like this is you know indicative of the rest of the season but like um uh-huh. I wonder if like we've retired the fish mooney set uh the nightclub cuz like I feel like uh-huh. those scenes would have happened at the nightclub last season but now it's yeah. like he, Well I think yeah penguins moved up in the world and he's taking over Falcons. Right. So n- no no fish mooney's nightclub and no Barbara Keene's yeah. apartment, you know, which, like, even though, like, we didn't even have Barbara for, like, you know, months on the show, we still somehow had that apartment in, like, almost every episode. Like, everyone else was, like, living there, you know, including, you know, Ivy and uh, Selena. I think somebody should do yeah. a comparison because I think that Loeb's kitchen was actually the same as Falcon's Absolutely kitchen. Absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, and, like, I didn't even bother painting it a different color. And Barbara's house, um, Barbara's parents' house, like, last season was, like, the house where um, the Viper therapist was, or not the Viper, the, the spirit of the goat therapist yeah. was, and, like, yeah, they, they reused sets. I Which do is fine. Say- I don't have a problem with them reusing sets, and I know this was a big thing when I said, when I, you know, a complaint I had last season, too, was I don't mind if they reuse sets, 
just don't make it so obvious that you're reusing the same exact set. Like the mm-hmm. Falcone Kitchen and Loeb Kitchen, they were exactly the same. They just maybe they're roommates. Different angle. That was it. Oh gosh. I, I like these. I like this villain uh, stuff. Before you move on, um, so I can talk about it. I, I think it's interesting. I think it it does relax us or takes the onus off of us to get involved with one villain that's only going to appear for one episode, maybe two. I think it's uh, hopefully what I'm hoping they are doing is that this is a really long haul, either over the first half of the season or the whole season, and that, like I said before, interspersed are, are sort of little moments with lesser-known villains. Um, I, I think each of the villains needs to prove their purpose as for why, you know, did Galvan want um, this particular group and what do they have to offer and actually when i first saw him uh in the in the blurry vision at the very beginning i thought oh man it's maxi zeus but it's not but i thought that would be cool if that was maxi zeus because he sort of has that um roman appeal to him plus the actor i think did a a roman movie but i'm actually i think this is interesting and i'm looking forward to see how this all comes together as for jerome um, it's hard, right? Because there's all these, he's younger, so I think perhaps he, he's not as easily able to separate himself from other incarnations of the Joker as other more seasoned actors are able to do, but, um, you know, he, he does have that creepy feel about him, so I feel like he did, if he is in fact the Joker, because we don't know, but if he is, I think there are certainly moments that he, um, I mean, he plays it so over the top that you're like, yeah, that's that's pretty Jokerish to me. But I don't think he has a purpose yet until, you know, Galvan really starts to flesh out the the purposes of the other villains. And Selena, well, I guess we'll see what happens to her. Yeah, um, I really, really, we were talking about that kitchen before. Like that scene of. Uh, Loeb and Zaz and Penguin in the kitchen. Oh, gosh. I, I thought that that was a fun scene. And I, and I love Penguin and Zaz playing the mind games with Loeb. Like, you thought it was a fun scene with the head dangling. and I, I, I didn't care for the head, but I liked the mind yeah. games with him. Like, like Zaz, like, can I kill him now? Of course. Wait, 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 wait. What is it that you want me to do? Oh, you'd never do it. Uh, like, and then, like, reinstate Jim Gordon. Okay, I'll do it. Oh, I don't know. You seem hesitant. Zaz, kill him. Like, that that whole thing was fun. Um, that that's probably my favorite scene of the episode. And oddly enough, um, when I was comparing notes with Don, wherever he saw it, like his Fox affiliate apparently cut out like chunks of scenes from the episode because he said that like once you saw the head, it cut to commercial, and then like you just hear that like you know you find out that Gordon uh, got his job back by like a montage where he's getting dressed at the end while Bruce is like you know reading his dad's letter. And, like, Don didn't get the press conference scene where, like, you introduce not Max Shrek and find out that Essen got the job and, like, uh, Gordon and Lee here that Barbara Keen escaped. Like, so I'm not sh- – I-, I hope that everyone got the same episode. Well, maybe it was that certain areas, certain affiliates decided some of this stuff was a little bit too much for the But TV Don saw the TV. head. He cut the – I don't know. It's after the head. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Maybe Tennessee's pro lobe. <laughs> they didn't want anything that would go against him and be derogatory towards Commissioner Lobe. Maybe they didn't have the rights for that Sound of Music song from the press conference. Oh my gosh, that was so weird. It's like, why do you have this acapella group singing? It's the Warblers from like Glee or something. 
No, oh. oh, actually, did you notice that one of those guys singing was actually the overweight traffic cop that was supposed to relieve Gordon? Oh, yeah. Really? <gasps> <laughs> so maybe it was a the bunch GCPD of cops has their own a cappella club. That's exciting. Would Speaking you be surprised in this show? That, that would be a good subplot, and maybe we'll have an episode oh, where man. Bullock wants to join. But but he maybe there'll be a pitch perfect crossover. Oh, but 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 they won't let Bullock in because like you know his voice isn't good enough, and he like tries to get in. So Bullock goes to Penguin for a favor, and he's like, "I need to get in this acapella club," you know, and like Penguin like kills one of the other members or something. Um, we haven't so talked about the Riddler yet either. He only had one scene mm-hmm. to kind of like remind us like yeah. what went on with him, but um, it's crazy. It's it's like Willem Dafoe from a uh, Spider Man or um. <laughs> Or um, Gollum from uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh huh. Yes. No. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. What What do we all? Are you saying? Yeah. Oh, what do we think? Yeah, about yeah. It? I'm opening up discussion um, to the Riddler. It's a little strange, if only because was he talking to himself like this in the last season, or is this a new development? No, this is. I think this is a new development because all. No, he, no, he did in the season finale. Oh yes, that's right. And we, yeah. I don't know if this is when I think of Riddler. I don't know if I see this is one of his psychoses. I, I, he, he's, he's not I, schizophrenic. Yeah, I saw it described yeah. online as they're making Riddler Two Face, and I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's uh, kind of what they're doing right now. I don't understand it. I mean, like the problem is, I I feel like they they have this weird way. They don't understand how to just portray someone with an obsession uh-huh. without doing it in the weird poor way that they did it last season where he just had to write a riddle in order to basically out himself without outing himself um, to Miss Kringle or whatever with the you know, telling the, the goodbye note is his name. But I don't know. It was scene was strange. It didn't make a lot of sense. I don't know what direction they're going with. Her. This is another one of those characters where like, will he eventually become the way before he's supposed to taste? Okay, fine. You know, that's the direction they're going. Fine. They're doing this like schizophrenia thing because they don't have anywhere to go with the character, but they want to, um, okay. I thought it was that his character, Butch, Selena, all these characters that had a much bigger role, they were in only one or two scenes and they had a very small amount of dialogue. It was kind of strange, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because, I mean, then you put the focus on the other, you know, other characters sort in, I guess, like this group of villains that's coming up. But it's weird how you have things like that happen. You focus so much on Bruce, but nothing's really going on except for something that could happen in an hour's time. Yeah, I, I don't want that. I don't want it to be like last season where there were so many storylines going on. And once we got rid of fish, we sort of lost the storyline. I thought, okay, this will even it out. But I feel like because it's Rise of the Villains, they were trying to fit everything in that they could with all the villains that they started off with last season. And you know, if they have this good idea running with them, going for them, I'm hoping that they less is more. It's, and that was what I I think our catchphrase last season. And so I hope that they develop Riddler in a wise way and not like this. This is a little strange. Um, but, you know, keep hands off if if, uh, if they want to focus on the other villains. They don't just try to shoehorn him in. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, of that, yeah, I remember that being one of our big complaints. And you mentioned Fish, and I wondered if um, Barbara was going to kind of become more like Fish. And, like, because... That scene of her in the prison, that would have been a Fish Mooney scene last season. Where, like, you know, she takes control and, like, uses her secondly. They get to use the phone. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, so yeah, do we feel that the letter that Bruce found, do, are we any 
Well, uh, did we learn anything from it? We learned that maybe last season Bruce was 12, unless the letter was supposed to be written, like, years before the death and not, like, weeks before. Yeah. I mean, um, still, was is up to no good? Yeah, and I mean, the, the letter is vague. It is vague, and you almost wish there to be some sort of announcement um, to Bruce, but... I mean, that would be too easy. So I think it's, you know, going to be on this computer that is super dusty or whatever else there is there. But I do love this idea of, you know, you can either have truth or you can have happiness. You cannot have both. And I feel like that is, that was it, right? Yeah. Truth or happiness. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I felt like this was a lot about, um, you know, as he grows up to be Batman it may not necessarily be truth, but it's, you know, this idea of protecting the city or um, cleaning it up or happiness. He can't really ever have both, and I think that's something that always plagues his love life because he can either be Batman or he can be happy. He can't re- really be Batman and happy at the same time uh, with, a, with a female. So I thought that was interesting, and of course, you know, Bruce, I, I, I feel, is going to go with the truth, and so this could be a really good season of journeying for him. And I'm interested to see if Gotham comes into play again, if we see uh, Lucius, because I think he could play a pivotal role with Bruce now that Bruce is in this cave. But um, the, the the mystery deepens, and so I'm interested to see where it goes. And I, I think I love the, the lines of, you know, you can either have happiness or truth, but you can't have both. I hope that you choose happiness, but if you choose truth... You know, I hope it's for a worthy cause or whatever. However, that that worked out. Yeah. It made sense, and it was. It was. I mean, like you could actually see in Bruce's eyes that he, you know, he's sitting there thinking, you know, maybe I am going to dedicate myself to the truth. You know, maybe this is what I'm going to do. So that part was that. That part was fine. I I thought that you know they didn't. I was kind of disappointed by the fact that they didn't have Lucius Fox, considering they announced that Lucius uh, Chris Chalk, the guy who plays Lucius Fox, was. He was. They announced him as a series regular for this season, and I was like, okay, well, that's great because I like him as an actor. He could be good. The very brief time that he was in last season, he, you know, he, he it was it, it gave Bruce something to be that storyline about. I was kind of disappointed that he didn't show up, but at the same time that he found the letter and found out the company, you know, the same thing that he was doing last season, all last season. It makes sense to now, you know, he's going to Lush Fox and potentially work with him to investigate it. So, like, it gives him somewhere to... That's That was cool. I did like how they basically foreshadowed Dean Batman without actually, you know, laying that, though. Yeah. That was Damned If You Do. Next week episode is called Knock Knock. Do we have any predictions for that one? Gosh, that, that just sends shivers down my spine because it sounds like Joker's about to go knocking on somebody's door. Or Barbara's going to go knock on Lee's door. Oh my god! What if they do the killing joke that way? And Lee is in a wheelchair for the rest of the season. And like, well, did you see the previews? (laughs) We're gonna have Ben McKenzie naked at a carnival. Oh my gosh! Did you see Barbara lean in to kiss a woman on the previews? Yes, I did see that. I uh, couldn't tell who it was. Oh, was it? Okay. So that take that, Renee. Well, you know, Renee's better off because they're poisoned together. Remember. I think the, the part of the problem with any predictions for the next episode is the fact that the promo was more for, I think, the entire season and not so much necessarily just for 
the next episode because they yeah. said this season on Gotham and then they showed the minute promo or whatever. So, I mean, the problem is we don't really know. The synopsis for next episode says, After his reinstatement, Gordon tackles a deadly inmate escape from Arkham Asylum. Bruce turns to a friend of his father's for help. Nigma tries to ask Chris, Kristen Kringle out. That's, oh, that's Miss Kringle's. I, I knew she'd be back because, like, it's a Riddler, Rise of Riddler season. But, okay. Will you know, she just, die? Eventually. Yeah. I'm sure she will. Kind It'll of like American Riddler who kills him. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be a big twist if she was evil all along? Oh, gosh. Well, I've always wondered if she was working on the side for somebody and that's why she was depressed. Or if it was just her abusive boyfriend. Uh, I do have to say, because I've sort of been hinting at it the entire episode here, that I'm coming at this season with a completely different mindset. I, I think that because we're such fans and lovers of the Batman comic and the Batman mythos, that we are always comparing it to what we know. And I think that's an amazing and beautiful thing. But I think that also almost puts us in a handicap in a strange position because it feels like the people who are just you know, comic fans off the street that don't necessarily read the comics, I think they enjoy this more because they, they aren't, they don't have that burden of, of knowing all that backstory so they can really enjoy it. So this season, I'm just going to, I, I'm really trying to take a step back uh, from the comic, you know, from the comic side of it and, and just see how it evolves as a show of its own accord. It's kind of like, you know, Walking Dead compared to the comics or Game of Thrones compared to the books. And, you know, I'm coming into this. You're going to laugh, Josh, but I'm coming into this feeling like this is orange is the new black, but in Gotham. Um, especially the animals, the yeah, animals. Because there, I felt like in this particular episode, there was a lot of sort of dark humor. It was, I mean, obviously, you know, someone's head got chopped off, but then Zaz is using it like a puppeteer. I mean, in any other case, that'd be like slightly humorous. So I, there were just levels of this dark humor that I felt like, just like Orange is the New Black, there are really bad things and terrible things that go on in there, but it always has this level of, of dark humor. And so I'm almost going to take a look at this show as if it were like a dark comedy. Um, so I just wanted to say that I'm coming at it for a different perspective. We'll see if that helps my enjoyment level. Uh, I actually thought that this was a better episode than, cause I was sort of dreading this, like, oh no, it's gonna start again. But I thought it was better than I originally thought it was gonna be. Um, and I also want to say, listeners, that I am not gonna be on this show, uh, week to week. Um, it was just, it was too much for me do much do much and uh you know weekly podcast is fatiguing and i also um it was sad because i wasn't enjoying the the show as much and and you really need to do a podcast with a subject that you are enjoying and even though i love josh and don it's it's hard to also you know pull up that enjoyment level so i'll probably be on just for you know specials maybe like mid-season finale or finale or um, if Josh is in dire straits and needs somebody, but uh, so I, I may not, you may not hear me <laughs> very often. Yeah, and of course, listeners, that's why I'm not on this episode. This, this <laughs> you, you're not on this. This is all like a Riddler, a, a, like delusion. Oh gosh, it's mirror dust and talking. Yeah, uh, dust. Yeah, uh, Don. You know, thinks that he has another season in him, but he keeps on threatening to leave. So. Right now, it'll be, you know, we're not going to replace Stella just for the sake of replacing Stella. But, you know, uh, Don and I will probably have a rotating, you know, third chair of various people. But if we can't get a third person, you know, 
we'll try to do some solo. So we'll see how this season is, you know. But, um, you know, let us bow our heads in memory of Tessa Gooley and uh, all the shenanigans that Stella pulled on us last season. Well, Tessa Gooley lives on in, with Dustin in the Batman Universe comic podcast, right, Dustin? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so follow, so follow Tessa on over to there. Um, But until next time, you know, until Tessa comes back to us again, this is Josh. This is Stella. And this is Dustin. And you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast. Can we all hear everyone? Yep. Okay, uh, Stella sounding a little quiet, or is that just me? Hi, Stella. Sounds fine. Okay. I hear an echo of my voice, though. Okay, um, let me move my headset around a little bit. Um, Talk again and let me know if you hear an echo. Do I hear myself? Yes, I do. All right, let me mute myself to see if it's coming from me. And in three seconds, start talking. Do I hear myself? No, I do not. Uh, okay, hold on. Let me switch to the iPhone. Yeah, but that might be distracted, so I'll just switch to the iPhone. Hold on. Um, let me hang up on this. Do you have one of those headsets where the mic hangs? It's, like, attached to the... I don't know if it hangs, but it's, like... It's like an earbud one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's probably why. Are you still hearing yourself? Because I moved yes, it around a little. Okay. All right. Let me hang up this and call the phone, which will take three seconds. Okay. Are you hearing an echo now? Um, no. Okay, excellent. All right, um, this episode is called Damned If You Do, right? Yep. Okay, all right, yeah, I didn't look up the ep- anything like the episode name, so, all right, let me plug my phone in because it was dying while I was dealing with the locksmith, and, um, any business before we jump in? Oh, I don't have it. Nope. All right. Let me see if I still remember how to do one of these. <laughs> Hello. Listening <laughs> to season two. Oh, uh, man, you just cut. Oh. Thank you, Stella. <laughs> Hello. Oh, right. no, it, you just like, dropped. You said, Hello. Dropped. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, like flawlessly like doing it, and then you laughed. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, did any of that? Co- yeah, most of that. Did all any of it through? Okay. Crossing fingers because it's been that kind of day. Uh, wash away the corruption and be that straight cop that he really enjoyed being and fighting against the system. Can you guys hear those sirens? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's just I was stopping <laughs> to let it pass. Better than the train. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but now they can't you know go to retail. You know what you stuttered on? 
When you started on Bubba Butt, I thought you were going to say, Help, Bubba Butt, take <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Don. He, he finally found one of those in his trade paperbacks that we put in there, apparently. <laughs> this is this Dustin. Is, oh. I, I thought you were going first. I'm sorry. Let's try that again. The City of Justice. So listen, I, I would hate that song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoop. Too bad it's been used all over. Yeah, I know. I thought about, like, I mean, I'll still fade in with it, but I thought about fading out with the Orange is the New Black song, just for kickers. Did you get that vibe? Was it just me? Um, I get that vibe whenever I see, like, a prison thing nowadays, but, um, it's, um, I, uh, I, we, we need more, like, corruption, you know, and stuff. How long was that episode, was that recording, by the way? Uh, okay, so a little over an hour. So that's not enough. 